built something up here. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day. We ask your blessings on this Bible study in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, you know what we're here for? We're here to learn something about Jesus, right? Or basically learn more about him while we learn more about ourselves, too. I want to go to Philippians chapter 3. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3. Glory be to the king. Amen. Okay. This is almost going to be like a, a particular chapter study, okay? Because you see, brothers and sisters, um, I know that God works with faith come up by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Is that right? You doing all right, Brother Roger? You fine? Okay. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you what we're going to do. We, we're just going to uh, take this chapter in itself in its entirety tonight, okay? Hallelujah. All right. So Paul is talking to the Philippian church. Is that right? That means the church at Philippian. It's not like the way we have it today with so much division. Uh, you go into one little small city or town, and you'll have maybe a hundred different flavors of churches. Um, in, in their day, um, the temple that was in that location, that area, that's where it was. If it was, they, they had one temple for the Philippi. The heathens had their own little thing, but when it comes to the uh, Israel, amen? All right. So, and anytime you read these epistles, and these are epistles is another word for letters. Okay? Anytime you meet, read these epistles, these are letters, and he's addressing the different congregations, you know, like Ephesus, um, Colossians, Corinthians. You got two, two of them to them. Um, then you get to, um, you know, you go on with the rest of them, and then you get down into the, the letters where he's dealing with some people call them the pastoral epistles. Nah. I just call them, I, I basically call them Paul instructing and teaching elders. Yes, Y'all did have it okay a while ago. You need to put it back. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's kind of, now it's kind of muffled. Um, it's really muffled now. Okay. Um, but when you get to the, you know, Titus and Timothy and Philemon and, and stuff like that, you know, it, it takes a turn and it starts giving uh, instructions um, to the elders about how, you know, running his house, basically. The order of things and the way things should be done. And if people knew the categories of it, it you know, it would be a good way for you to study, too, you know, because... It, if you know that the uh, letters are addressing the congregation as a whole and it's upkeep, and then you deal with um, the um, letters that Paul wrote to the elders, and it gets a little bit more on a personal level with the men of God, and get them a little bit of discernment basically how that the new covenant church should be running. That's a good way to learn it, okay? So in uh, the church of Philippians, of course, that, that was a lot that was going on, a whole lot that was going on. And you can read about it starting at the beginning of it, but we're going to get to the part over here in the third chapter, amen. 
It says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Now, mind you, he just got finished. Uh, cut me down some. Mind you, he just got finished um, spending two chapters. And uh, one of them had to do with basically um, you need to take your salvation serious. Very serious. The more so, you see, we have a human tendency of um, gravitating to our surroundings. And we, you know, we've got to stop that behavior. When I'm talking about gravitating to our surroundings, I'm not talking about gravitating as being more disciples, being like more disciples of Christ. I'm talking about we have a tendency to regress and go back into the flesh rather than pressing on in the spirit. It's a tendency. Um, so we need, you know, we get strength uh, from each other. Amen? Amen? We get a whole lot of strength from each other. But um, he goes on and he says, look at this. Now, mind you, you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord. Is that right? Yes, to write the same things unto you, to me indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Y'all hear that? It is safe. Then he says this. Look, warning, brothers and sisters, beware of dogs. It's not talking about Rock and Skippy. Devil ain't talking about Austria. They ain't talking about them. Beware of dogs. It's talking about two-legged dogs. Jesus called men dogs all the time, made all kind of analogy to them. And, and we, you'll hear us, you'll, you'll hear me say it often if you listen to the radio broadcast, any I'll say, you them lying dogs. I've always said that. that just, I guess it's one of my hallmark sayings. <laughs> lying dogs. And everybody here know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about lying dogs. But look at this. So, but look, the admonishment is to what? Beware. Is that right? Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers you hear that and beware of the concision that's you know that's being aware of people cutting down and and mutilating each other for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit you know our circumcision come by the heart is that right you know all of us was born with a, a, a fallen nature that hated God you know that right if you didn't know that I'll let you know that now you should know and read. I mean, we were all estranged from God and we hated him. Mm-hmm. For we are the circumcision which worship, worship God in spirit and look and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the what? Now, I hear what Paul is saying and I believe what Paul is saying. The problem is, is when we start looking at ourselves and we start looking at things around us, it looks like that even though the testimony right here is saying that we have no confidence in the flesh, it looks like we have a problem with that. Confidence in the flesh. You know, people thinking too highly of themselves than they are. Um, we got things that, well, I ain't going to say we. You got things that bind you. Somebody will say, well, who you think you are? Don't worry about me. You can take this for you. You got things behind you that, that's why I keep telling you, brother. You know, it, I say it over and over again. How in the world can you trust anyone with any facet of the 
of the church at all when they can't control their flesh. They have no dominion over it. You understand? Hey, come on. Um, lust, addictions. You understand? And anytime you, you're bound by anything like that, bitterness and all this other stuff, you can't get a grasp of hold up. You know what? You, your, per, your, per, your judgment is perverted. And you can't see straight. And your opinion would always be slanted towards your weakness. That's why we need a major in bringing up the things that, we're, that we don't capitalize in so well. And the things that we're majoring, we need to keep them in a perfect balance. You know, a, a, a perfect balance. Because God hates a false balance. You know what I mean? A, a lot of times you'll see, see some that they're victorious in this, and then when they're victorious in this, they're over-victorious. If I'm trying to use humbling, simple statements, you follow me? And you you got to understand that, brothers and sisters, that you know, you, you're going to have to overcome all lust of the flesh and all addictions in the flesh. You're just going to have to. You're just going to have to do it. And let me tell you something. Just because you go 5, 10, 15, 20 years without an addiction and stuff doesn't mean you've overcome it. You take someone who, who is a, a crackhead out here in the street. They go to prison, they're very limited on getting that crack, but yet and still some way, somehow they survive though, don't they? And then no soon as they get back out of jail, what do they usually revert back to? Just like a dog that returns to his vomit. Now, you know, that's using a natural analogy, but what about us spiritually? What do you got that you can't control in yourself? And I'm telling you, you need to do an assessment of that because, you know, that thing right there it has, has you perverted. It really does. It's got you duped and deceived to the point that you can't even be the sincere, holy, godly believer that you should be. How'd I know? Well, we put confidence in it. That flesh is begging for one thing and you saying that Jesus Christ is not strong enough. Now, you know I don't believe that. I believe he's strong enough to overcome everything. He's already overcome. It's just our will. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. We have no confidence in the flesh. Look, though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh out of more. So Paul said, if somebody think that they can boast in any part of the flesh whatsoever at all, as I tell you what, hold on, just, just hold back for a second. I can boast more than every last one of you. Now, it doesn't sound like Paul being so humble now, does it? Yeah, it does, because he's actually stating a fact. I got this little shirt that I wear that says Traction Dynamics. It's a suspension thing. It said it ain't bragging if you can back it up. Moses was meekest. Moses wrote that by himself. See, everybody will say, yeah, Moses was a meek man. But did you know he wrote that? Now, how can we have somebody else uh, make that um, observation about themselves? Your pride wouldn't let them do it. 
Some people will agree. Yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, they are. We can say Brother Rogers, the meekest man in his whole congregation. Now, if you turn around and say that Pastor Dow's a meek man in his whole congregation, you don't lost them. You don't lost them all. You lost them all because they see in our society they determine meekness upon how you act. Even today in the court, I had the lawyer tell me over and over again. She said. <laughs> I don't know what gave her this impression, but she says, you cannot get upset up there, okay? <laughs> Is that how she put it, Lydia? Before she called me up on stage, she you cannot get upset. And so the first thing thought in my came in my head is, this woman knows something about me. I assured her that I wouldn't. She's almost scared to even cross-examine me for fearing I might get upset. I, I got this thing called controlled temper. Mm -hmm. I learned how to control it rather than letting it control me. I was telling Lydia how that one time a long time ago in my early 20s, I got thrown in jail. I said, you know why? I said, it's because um, I thought I could get up there and talk to the judge any old kind of way, and he let me know I wasn't going to talk to him. Any, even though I did talk to him any old kind of way, he let me know what he's going to do about it, too. So I got my smart mouth and put in jail. <laughs> I said, see, now you don't have to go through all that, see, because you've been taught smarter than, than, than we were. We were young. We were arrogant. We were stupid. When, I, when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about me, myself, and I. We know you don't have that. You never had that trouble. So we'll move on. I am just blessed to be in the presence of all you enlightened ones. Hallelujah. So Paul, he goes off because there's these people that thought that they could boast and brag. Who know whatever it may have been when it had to do with the flesh. I don't know, maybe knowledge of God or the way their lifestyle or standard was, how they carried themselves, where they lived. Paul said, I tell you what, I got a resume for you. Circumcised the eighth day. See, if you're going to make a boast in the flesh, Paul said, I'm going to show you. Uh, I'm circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel. In other words, I'm not a half-breed. I'm not a Samaritan. That's what he's saying. I'm not a half-breed Israelite. I'm not a half-breed Hebrew. No, I'm not. I'm the full thing. Man, you talk, man, I got, I got it the way that the Bible, I got it the way that the scriptures teach it. I come from the lineage of the lineage of the lineage. Hmm? I'm not a black Angus mixed with red heifer, mixed with Charlene, mixed with Heinz 57. I'm pure stock. That's what Paul was saying. Amen. I'm pure stock. Huh? Look at this. Of the tribe of Benjamin. Huh? You know, Benjamin was the, the youngest of the 12 patriarchs. Yes, sir. He's breaking it down. He know where he come from, didn't he? A Hebrew of the Hebrews. <laughs> you hear that? Man, I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. As touching the law of Pharisee. 
concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. You hear that? You hear that? Blameless. In other words, man, I've dotted every I. I crossed every T. I've done everything I was supposed to do. I did it with a zeal. Hmm? Some of us, we wasn't even a pack of heathens. As zealous as Paul had a zeal for, for serving God in that mindset capacity. He had it down pat. Hmm? But what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss. You hear that? See, because when Paul gave his little resume right here, that, there was a time that if you was birthed in Israel, birthed as a Hebrew, you was considered a child of the king. Just by natural birth. You was already birthed and born into the covenants. Your mother and father, they was going to bring you up. Hmm? If you was a high in 57, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Mixed breed. If you was one of them, if you wanted to become an Israelite, you had to accept the statutes, the laws, the commandments, and you had to get circumcised if you was a male. Then you can come on in. God didn't discriminate. He sure didn't. If you, you want to be in, come on, you want to be Israel? Come on in. That's right. So Paul was letting these people know if anybody think they got any reason to boast, basically out of more. And what he also what he's also doing, he's letting the people know something too. That you're not talking to an ignorant man. You're talking about somebody who knows something. You see, a Pharisee had to know verbatim the law. Each one of them. They had to know it. They won't like these preachers today. Mama called and daddy sent. You know what I mean? They know two scriptures and they got it all figured out. No, they were students. Bought up that way. So there wasn't nobody going to pull the wool over them when it comes to the word. They knew it. All right? But look, notice. He said every bit of this, all these things that I counted, you hear that? I, th I thought they was gain to me. I counted loss for who? Christ. Yet doubtless... And I counted all things but loss for the excellency, here we are again, of the what? And that seem like that's the problem today. People don't want the knowledge of Jesus Christ. The only way you can draw an eye to him is by knowledge. Because he tells you, if you want to grow, he tells you how to grow. You grow in the grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason why church so defeated today. I was online here a while ago talking to a guy who was uh, brought up an apostolic holiness church in Green Greensboro, North Carolina. And I was telling about a few things he got on the website. Apparently, he's probably still looking at the website. But he was in Greensboro, North Carolina. I was telling him a few things. And, and I was telling him a few things about the congregation. And he, he said, he said, hold on, tell me something. How in the world you get a whole congregation when ain't nobody on prescription drugs? How you do that? I said, secret, ain't it? I'll talk to you later about it. He said, man, you got to tell me. See, a lot of people think I'm on there. My motivation is different. I'm fishing. While I'm I'm fishing. I'm always fishing. 
You ain't never seen folks sitting on the side of the bank look like they're fishing, or they ain't, they don't even look like they're fishing. They got their hat down, sleeping in the pole out there. As soon as you get a tug, they wake up. No, nah, I'm fishing. You better believe that. But look what he says. Look at Paul said. Yet Dallas, I count. Look, all things. Cut me down a little bit more, okay? Yet Dallas, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things. He has, he has done what? Suffered the loss of all things and do count them but what? Let me ask you something. What do you count dung? Paul is a good person to, you know, what do you count dung? Good question, isn't it? Why? Look what he says. That I may what? Win Christ. See, that's the reason why, a lot, hey, I'm telling you, a lot of times we are hindered because things we got, we can't count but done. Uh-oh. We can't count it done. Man, don't you remember? I'll tell you what, boy. I, I, it, it was a remarkable thing that took place when God saved me. It's like the things that used to shine so much, they didn't shine no more. Man, so Carol would say, honey, when you going to wash the car? I said, man, I ain't stood in that car. <laughs> I said, I'll wash it. It's good. Go on now. <laughs> now, I had to find a balance in that because I went the extreme the other way. I was too busy studying. I care less about the car. To me, the car got washed when it got rained on. Used to be I'd be out there with music on. Had my quarter beer, two or three or four. Washing the car, yes, shining that thing that's gonna get dirty no soon as you drive down the street. Hmm. Worst thing about it was when you wash the car and you and then here come Carol come sashay in out of the house and jump in. You know she don't care nothing about no tires being clean or nothing like she just she gone. And it sure didn't look like it was washed by the time she got back. <laughs> she didn't care. She didn't wash it. But see, that was something else that changed. I used to like wearing a uh, little thick gold necklace around my neck. Man, I took that thing off. Didn't have to have nobody tell me. I just took the thing off. There's a lot of things I just did. It just happened in my spirit because something was different. Something was different. And all the things that shined to me, they didn't mean that, man. They didn't have that glimmering glow and that attention and awareness any longer when I met Jesus. They just like, Pfft. Like I said, I, then I went extreme the other way. <laughs> it's like, man, forget all that junk. So I had to find a balance in there. You know what I mean? Before you let everything go. But anyway, look what he says right here. Look what he says. That I may win Christ. Ninth verse. And I be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ by, I mean, the righteousness which is of God by faith. I wrote a very interesting article on the website. Did it this morning. Put one of those questions on there. Pastor Dow or Brother Dow, what's wrong today? And I did. I defined what's wrong today. Did anybody read it? You read it? What did you think about it? Right on. Right on. 
Hmm? What I put down what's wrong today in order to zero in on this lethargic spirit that's going on nowadays is that um, the problem is, is that people take their, their faith over truth. Notice I said their faith over truth. What they put mental assent to, that means more to them than truth. And you won't know the rest of it, read the, read the web page. All right. Anyway, he goes on in the 10th verse, say that I may know him and the power of his what? Resurrection and the fellowship of his what? Suffering. Now, to know him and the power of his resurrection, are you following me? <clears throat> Look at this. And being made conformable unto his what? To know him in the power of his resurrection is to know him in the power of his death. See, Jesus came for a purpose. And the book of Romans teaches us all about dying out to this natural man. I mean, it talks about it extensive. Why do you think we can't stop hagging, nagging, fussing, cussing, and carrying on all this? Because we ain't died. We ain't dead. We ain't dead. Why do you think we can't stop the accusing, the bitter, the lying, the cheating, the stealing, the sneaking, the, all this other? Because we are not dead. We have not reckoned ourselves dead. So Paul, when he, got finished, when he gets finished giving himself an example of himself, then he turns around and gives the best example that there is. That's Jesus Christ. Because everything that Jesus did, because he, he, he talked about it. He told the people, man, I'm the resurrection, I'm the life. Huh? And then look what he would say. Look what he said in the midst of that. If a man be dead and he believe in me, he should live. I told you. I know it's hard to believe, brothers and sisters, but I'm telling you, there ain't nobody, when they pass on, going to be sitting in the grave soul sleeping. When you die, you either going straight to glory, you going straight to hell. Somebody said, well, what are we going to do about it? What well, when you go to glory, your soul is going to come back for his resurrected body, meet it in the air, and that's where you're going to be in the new Jerusalem. Just simple. Well, the dead know nothing. You're right. They, they don't know anything that's going on in this world. Nothing. Whole total different dimension. So the body without the spirit is what? Thank you very much. Don't let me get off into this now. I tell you what, it seems like it has been our job to dispel a lot of false fallacies and lies that have been taught throughout the ages. But ain't, you, ain't, ain't no, you ain't soul sleeping. You may be sleeping in here in your soul, but you ain't soul sleeping when your spirit get away from that body. Hallelujah. All right? Anyway, and it, we may talk about it again. We, we usually do here in the near future to bring you up online to some understanding of that. All right, well, look what he says. There, you, all right, so we need to be made what? Conformable to his death. You know, being made conformable to his death, think about it. What amount of person was Jesus? How holy was he? God teaches us in his word to be ye holy for I'm holy. And that's what Jesus' ambition was, to be holy. He was holy, is that right? And that's, the, that's what we should be about, is to be holy. Hmm? Oh, yeah, why well, I'm talking about this death thing for a minute, too. I guess I'm going to start a little bit of something. So I told you, remember David said, yea, do I walk through the valley of shadow of death? 
And I'll tell you what the Valley of Shadow Death is. The Valley of Shadow Death is, you see, that's going to be a tunnel. There's like corridors that is going to be leading from this life up to glory. And there's going to be these demonic spirits all around, but they won't be able to touch you because you'll be on the highway to heaven, the highway to holiness. You follow me? And then you get at the gate, they're still going to check you to make sure you're the right one. So I said, well, wait a minute. Yeah, you got to get admittance. You'll get in, though. You'll get in. But that law folk ain't getting in. That law folk ain't even going that way. That's just the truth. But don't worry about no fearing. Hallelujah. Amen. Why in the world would you want to fear going home? You know, hey, God, uh, our Savior Jesus, boy, you know, he showed us whole death a little bit different. Why? Now, you remember when John the Baptist was in the process of getting ready to have his head chopped off? Why come he just didn't raise up an arm and go rescuing? Let me tell you why. Because he looks at death totally different than we do. Yes, he does. Hmm? Bring too much sorrow to his heart. He knew John was going to be, be, be beheaded and killed. Hmm? But he also knew where John was going to. Didn't bother him one bit. Didn't trouble him at all. How many people we Lord, make me to know my end. Come on, let me know my end. You're going to die. Really? Yeah, you. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No, yeah, I'm not kidding. You're going to die. <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. If by any means that I might obtain, attain, isn't that something? Now, listen, brothers and sisters. You know just as well as I do, and don't get your mind on people like this. There are people that ain't doing nothing to obtain to anything. But Paul is saying, if by any means, look, if by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of his, what? Of the dead. Resurrection of the dead. If I might obtain? Yeah, that's something to do. That's something to do. Brother and sister, I'm telling you, being holy, you got a full-time job. I mean, it's a full-time process. Yes, sir. Not as though I had already attained. You hear that? Not as though I had now. I'm, I know it says already. I'm just putting now to help us understand it. Received. Obtained means received. We have not already received. Is that right? Huh? Neither were already complete. Are we all complete? We're not all perfect, are we? Hmm? Is that right? Neither were we already perfect, but I follow, but I follow after that, but I follow after if that I may look, lay a hold. The word apprehends means lay a hold. The word apprehend means lay a hold. You hear that? Yeah, but you see them cops trying to apprehend people. You ain't going to get too much, many of them to apprehend nobody because all of them uh, belly sticking about two, three inches over their belt, and they ain't going to be able to chase down nobody no more. But anyway, if I may apprehend or lay a hold, that for which also I am, look at this, apprehended of Christ Jesus. That which I am also, look, I am overtaken of Christ Jesus. You hear that? Brother? I calculate this. I count. 
You understand my wording? Brother, and I count, not myself as to have apprehended. I don't count myself as someone who already has laid a hold. Are you following me? But there's one thing I do. Now, this is the problem. This is one thing that a lot of us ain't doing. And that's the reason why we really can't go no farther. Now, look, he didn't say these two things I do or these three things that I do. All these four things that I do. He said, but there's this one thing that I do. One thing. Forgetting those things which are behind. Now, I'm telling you right now, Paul, he had to overcome a lot. Because Paul was a murderer. Now, you try to walk around with that on your chest. Being a murderer. After you come to the knowledge of truth of God's people, that's a heavy weight. That's a heavy weight, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Paul said, I'll tell you what I do. I forget those things that are behind. That's the one thing that Satan uses as a snare, like a hook. In the jaw. He puts a hook in you. And the word, that's one thing about mine, boy. Don't ever want to forget anything behind. Some of us want to buy some brand new furniture and live in the past so we can be justified. We ain't got no hope looking for anything forward, so we got to press and believe in what we've already done come from. Better get change that attitude. Forget. He said, there's one thing that I do. I forget those things that are but what? And look, reaching forth. That means reaching is kind of like stretching. He's stretching forth. Stretching forth what? What unto what? Remember, he's looking to obtain until the resurrection of the dead. He won't be in that number. Even though he's the apostle of the apostle, the chief apostle. Hmm? Look at this. Reaching forth unto, or reaching forth unto those things which are what? Before or behind? The things that are before. Faith is a substance of things hold for it. Before, 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 before. I tell you what, boy, the church would do a whole lot of overcoming if they can just forget those things that are behind. Let's tell the real truth. The reason why we don't want to forget those things behind because we find comfort in them because we don't have no hope in what's before us. <laughs> Look at all the faces, everybody. Mm. Because if what is before you means much more than those things behind you, how would you press? You know, it's one of the tactics of the devil. Every last one of us got a past on, so he can't remind you of your future because he don't want no, want you to have no parts of that. 
Now, in your past, he wants you to have all the parts of that. That way he can have a foothold and get some legal ground, start working. You can't be miserable about the future. Or the future is you're going to the kingdom. Now, how much, now, how, can you project misery in that? No wonder Paul reached forth, stretched forth. I often say it like this, no matter even what my mind says, I tell you what, mind, flesh, well, I tell you, you do what you want to do, but I know, what I'm, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm looking to. In other words, I ain't got no time for this. I can tell my flesh some things about me it don't know. <laughs> tell the devil about me some things he don't know. See, this is good overcoming preaching. Teach right. Look at it. I press. Wow. Towards the mark for of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And the only way you can do that, you got to forget those things behind. Amen. If you can't forget those things behind, you ain't pressing. You pushing, you ain't pressing though. There's a difference between pushing and pressing. You may be leaning, but you ain't pressing. See, because a press means you're going to encounter resistance. And that resistance is there for one reason, to keep you from pressing. But Paul had his mind made up, I'm pressing. You hear that? Then look what he says. Let us therefore as many as be perfect. Who won't be perfect? Many as be perfect. See, right now we're doing pretty good in this perfection thing. Can we all sit right here? Right now we're doing, right now our mind is doing pretty good. We're doing pretty good in perfection. Because we're thinking about pressing. Hmm? Let me tell you something. Even if you ain't thinking about pressing, I'm glad it's you and not me. Somebody said, Pastor, I don't like that attitude. Well, get out of it then. Because all it does is still love, joy, peace, and happiness. And, and, of course, love, joy, peace, and happiness is God attribute. And if you don't have love, joy, peace, and happiness, you, it ain't hard to figure out who other attributes that is, isn't it? So get no place of the devil. Hey, I meant to tell y'all So Let me tell you something about this accident thing up here real quick. That old lady gets on the stand up there. And she says, when Mr. Dow came up on the scene, he was angry. He was fussing. He was fussing because she was out late. Stayed out late and she had to get ready to go to school in the morning. Ah. <laughs> uh, was sitting behind Lydia and Miss Simmons, so I just thought I'd peck her for a second. She's homeschooled. <laughs> they just pouring it on. When they pouring it on. They were saying that they said that she was traveling at a high rate of speed. 
I, I looked at Miss Simmons Simmon said, because then at the end of it, she says, she mentioned something about the high rate of speed thing, but she didn't put it in those terms. She said, you know, how in the world do you get a van traveling from one side of the road, crossing over two lanes, its, it's lane and the other lane, all the way down the embankment and then hit a tree? I mean, she was traveling at a high rate of speed. The car didn't go too far from impact. Remarkable. Hey, but they believe it, though. It's embedded in the subconscious. Anyway, let's get back. Let us, let us, allow us, permit us, please, let us. That's a collective agreement. When he's saying let us, he's speaking to a body of believers. So he's trying to, you know, he's trying to talk to every individual while he's talking to all of them at the same time. Let us. So you need to say, so I need to say, what you need to do is say, yeah, me. Let me. Therefore, as many as be perfect, as I wish to be perfect, as I want to be perfect. You hear that? Be thus minded. What do you mean be thus minded? Forget those things behind and press toward the mark. Do everything you can to obtain to the resurrection of his death. Uh-oh. Is that right? All that he mentioned before. And if it be, and if any, and if in anything, you be otherwise. You hear that? Mind it. God shall reveal. He's going to lay it open to you. Even this unto you. So let us, therefore, as many as be finished... Be to understand that if any man be different-minded, God will lay a hold or lay open even this unto you. Is that making sense? Is that making sense? Look what it says. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, Look, where to we have already? Now we're sitting here looking. What do you mean we've already attained? We've already attained because of Christ Jesus. Yeah. We're already attained by being fellow heirs. Yeah. We just need to start acting like heirs. Huh? Let us walk by the same rule. Is that right? Let us walk by the same straight, same plumb line. Is that right? Let us mind the same thing. Now, if we could do everything that we've just got finished reading right here, do you know what amount of people we would be just in itself? I'm talking about disassembly. You know how much power we'll be able to gain? More knowledge, more wisdom, more understanding, more power you get because God can trust you with more grace. That's why I say grow in the grace. As a body can only trust us with a limited amount of power as, as, as much as we want. You get a people together in one mind, boy, whoo, what do you think Jesus would do to a body? I tell you what, and on the day of Pentecost, they all in one accord and in one place. They, they all had, they were all pressing for one thing. 500 heard. About 500. 
And how many made it to the upper room? About 120 made up. Man, that's some bad numbers. That's some bad numbers. Hey, same thing would happen today. See, the truth is that 120 was the ones who believed the word and they pressed. They won't let, they won't let anything else get in their way of obeying the angel of the Lord. They, were, they, were, they took, oh, I'm gone. Ain't nothing going to hinder me. And there they were in the upper room. And 380 fell away. You stay away from them numbers. Hey, even in here, the problem that we have straightway is mind. That's the problem. The problem is our mind is not made up to be holy. Because, see, if we want to make up our mind to be holy, we got excuses why we can't be holy, why we won't be holy. That's the problem. And we want everybody to play our little game with us. Now, everybody in here expects to go to glory. But all of us don't mind the same thing. Ooh. And I'm telling you right now, if, 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 if we as a people can be more powerful in Christ Jesus, you're going to clean the past. All your successes, you know, all the things that you've done great and wonderful, got to clean it up. Bye. It's gone. It's not enhancing you any today. It don't do no good for somebody to tell a story and then you got to try to tell a story greater than theirs. Oh, when I was a young boy, I jumped over three eggs. I ain't nothing, man. I jumped over ten. It's got to go. You can't be living on what you used to do. What you used to do ain't helping you out today. And if the past has made us what we are today, we're in trouble. Uh-oh. Well, that's all I got. You ain't got too much then. I thought you had Jesus. My past full of hell. Past full of goodness too. All of it got to be forgotten so I can press. Think about it. If you only dwell on the good, you're still living in the past because it ain't going to allow you to go to the future. You living, you, man, you living the way you used to be. And then you go look in the mirror and see that broke down body. Man, I remember when. That's about it. That's all it was, too. What about today? Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day when you hear his voice, heart not your heart. What about today? I'm sorry. Hey, that's what God said. He said, now, on the other side, the negative side, he said, I'm going to take all your sins, throw them in a sea of forgiveness, never to remember again. Now, what you going to do, go under the blood of the covenant, wherewith you are sanctified, and count it an unholy thing and pull out your sin and say, look, God, here it is. You brave. Because Jesus won't do it. The angels won't even do it. 
That's a lot of mind changing, isn't it? If you can do that, boy, are you going to believe what God will take us? Because we all have our mind straight for one thing. We're going to the kingdom. We're pressing on the kingdom. See, right now, we can't really collectively say, man, we're pressing for the kingdom. We can't really say that collectively and be true in heart. We got too many other things going on in our head. I'm, I'm just truthful now. Y'all do know that, don't you? Hallelujah. It ain't until you really get older when you ain't got nothing to do but look for the kingdom is when you really start, you know what I mean? And then you got to be careful because the devil, he'll creep up on you and bring up some worldly lust. Ain't it right, Brother Roger? Stay away from bicycles, Brother Roger. Brother Roger said, why are you bringing up my past? Brother Roger, he didn't take it like that. Brother Roger said, praise the Lord. The only thing he probably, I'm staying away from the bicycle. No problem. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, somebody said, wasn't it? That's an inside joke. Some time ago, we told Brother Ross, don't get on the bicycle. Me and Deacon Gaston were sitting up there about a, close to the septic tank thing. And, um, Said, bro, Roger, man, don't get on that bike, brother. Bro, Roger, next thing you know, he's getting on that bike. Deacon Gad said, bro, Roger, didn't the man of God tell you you don't get on that bike? Well, he said like this. Bro, Roger, didn't the man of God tell you you don't get on that bike? Oh, I can ride it. He rode it. Right smack dab off into the only telephone pole on that end of the land. <laughs> Is that right, Brother Roger? Brother Roger said, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Dad Gas and I sit look at each other like this. And we'll go help him get up. Sure it's nice to have somebody around to help you get up when you fall in. <laughs> Brother Roger said, I ain't get on that bike no more. <laughs> See, that's a good story to tell. But there's no way that you can be victorious today if you can't forget yesterday. You can't go on yesterday how strong and mighty you are. Nobody care if you bench pressed two pounds 10 years ago. What you doing today? Nobody care about how many people you laid hands on their head and they oiled up more than a county fair pig. How many people being oiled up today and being prayed for in the name of the Lord? See, what we did yesterday is gone. What we're doing today. Yesterday, faith was dead faith. Today's faith is a live faith. Yesterday, faith was sufficient for then. We need faith sufficient for now. Oh. You know, this is an irritating area. You know what? I'm just hovering here for a while. Y'all see some of your countenances. Like somebody done pulled a plug on you. Come on, Julia. I got victory over my head. What are you looking around for? Oh, okay, okay. Well, anyway, 
I hope that you get there. If you don't, none of my business. I'm mailmanning. 16 verse, nevertheless, whether unto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule straight, let us be thus minded. Look, brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. You know, that's the reason why I put a lot of stock about us being examples today. Because I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, when we get all these new, new babes in Christ around, I don't want them around disturbed people. I don't want them around double-minded people. People always, you never know if they're going to fly off at the handle or not or show their ass or something like that. We don't need that nonsense around those babies. Amen. They don't need to see that. Because they see that with you, they're going to think the rest of us that way. Because they don't know how to think any other way. See, it's my sound. You've been saved 10, 15 years. Show some soundness. Hallelujah. Is this too hard? The, the, the requirement of holiness is still the same, isn't it? Hallelujah. Watch this now. Look what he says. So you mark them which have, you've got some examples. Mark them. Don't mark the ones that ain't examples now. Don't mark them. You, you kind of put them, do like brother and say, put them on the shelf. You, can, you also mark them which cause divisions too. That's another mark you put on people. You, you mark them as called divisions. You want to make sure and, and avoid them. That's what the scriptures teach. Avoid them. You mark them and avoid them. Hallelujah. For many walk of whom I have often told you and now tell you even weeping. I'm telling you in mourning, I am just crying my eyes out. Huh? That they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. That means people walking right in the midst of you. See, we just hope there ain't no enemies in here. You never know what five years from now going to bring. That's why you better get in the press. I've seen many arrogant people talking about and boast how much they love God. Then I had to go and preach a message. You better stop that. Everybody love God they way, not his way. We love him if we keep his commandments. And his commandments teach, let brotherly love continue. Is that right? Whose end is destruction, who God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly, that who glory is in their what? You ever notice that's the only thing people can talk about is things that bring shame? That's where they get the glory from. Their mind's so perverted they can only get glory from shame. I say something wrong. No, that's the truth, you don't believe me? You can go up here at Walmart and hear, hear people glorying in shame. Oh, yeah. That mean they can feel, ask Brother Shane, Brother Doug, they'll, they'll fill years up with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> glory in shame. Just glory in shame. We're going to read that one more time. Who's in this destruction? Whose God is their belly. Whose glory is in their what? Shame. 
who mine earthly things. They ain't got nothing else to talk about. Can't talk about heavenly things because their mind ain't seated in, with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. All they got to do is mind. Them brothers and sisters, I don't mean, I'm telling you, I mean for this to impact. It needs to. If the Holy Spirit has got you back there um, clamming up, then praise the Lord. Surely I can't do it. I don't have that power. That's the reason why the word has to be preached. God knows the impact of preaching. You don't believe? Look how it stirred up people when Jesus preached. Look what it did for Paul. Got him preaching. He know the power of preaching. Preaching is what reaches even unto you. Is that what the book says, brothers? Hmm? We had power even to reach even unto you. I'm telling you, that preaching is something else. That preaching, that's why you have to hear it. You know why? And then God says, now look at here. It's time for the whooping stick, time for the chastening now. See, even as humble as this is and, and, and as, as humble as I'm trying to bring it forth, boy, that, you still can't soften up that blow of that Holy Spirit, though, did He talks to every last one of us, let them know he's falling short at. And then, bless you, Father. Whose son is he that the Father don't chasten? He chases those who he loves. And he scourges every son he receives. Isn't that something? Now, if you want to be without chastisement, he got another term for that one. That's the reason why you never need to let your heart get calloused at the hearing of the word of faith. And when the Holy Spirit deals with your heart, you, man, that's the time to be saying, thank you, hallelujah. I repent, I repent, I'm sorry, I turn from this, Lord, I repent. Hallelujah, it's just a truth in there. And he, I told you, hey, many of us look like we're on losing team. So either we're in deep concentration, which one is it? Well, don't answer, you figure it out. But it's not to condemn you, it's to convict you. And don't ever call conviction the work of the devil. How many times have we ever done that? Well, Pastor, I ain't never called conviction the work of the devil. Oh, yeah, when conviction came, how many times you resisted and then end up cutting the food? I didn't think that. You better start thinking like God. You remember, the Pharisee was moved with sedition. They were moved with envy. Something moved them and compelled them to respond the way they were doing. We're not moved by those things. We're led by the Spirit. Anyway, hallelujah. That's why I asked, do you still love me? Notice I said still. For our conversation is in heaven. See what I was talking about? From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, those who got their eyes on him, boy, they always got a little smile or a light on them. What's wrong with you? What's wrong? Why is something got to be wrong? How about what's right with me? I'm looking for Jesus. 
Let me let me give us a sober test right here. You better be looking for them as, as much as you can because you never know when the next breath may be your last one. How we take life for granted. We just assume that we're gonna go to bed tonight and wake up in the morning. You better let the praises of the Lord be continually in your mouth. Hallelujah. Hey, I talk to myself like this all the time. I got, I'm in the same battle and fight you are, brothers and sisters. Same one. Okay. Look what it says. Who shall change our vile body? That's what it is too, isn't it? That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And you better believe it too. Amen. All things were made for him. All things were made by him. You better believe it. And all things is for him. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians 9 real quick. And we'll finish on this. We ain't going to read the whole chapter. I'm going to go over here and we'll show you something. Hallelujah. Y'all enjoying this? Yeah. You know, I often talk about you can say one thing and two people will take it different ways. Yes, Even though that what you're saying has one meaning. Yes, sir. That's true. Hallelujah. Look what he says. Uh, 23rd verse. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may, look at this, obtain. Obtain. Isn't that something? And every man that striveth for Masteries. You hear that? Who wants to you know what that word mastery means in, in the Hebrew in the Greek, I mean? This is what it means. It it, it means um to possess or display great skill and knowledge. God's fed up with this thing about us having knowledge. He knows we're destroyed without it, so he wants to have all we can so we don't be destroyed. And it see everybody man, you ever notice when you read this book you don't get all this out of it that you get in here tonight? It's that though. Yeah, it is. But every man that strive for master, look, is temperate in all things. So if we're not temperate in all things, then we got some trouble and we need to start doing some striving. Is that right? Now they do it, and this is talking about in the natural realm. Or other people. Now they do it to obtain a what? Corruptible. Man, everybody go out here and throw 49 touchdowns in a year. Huh? Man, you wouldn't believe what these people do to just to try to for an Olympic gold medal. Yes, sir. You wouldn't believe what they do for it. You wouldn't believe what some of these people, man, they will put their heart and soul into an, an, an Olympic medal. Y'all don't mind if I use the Olympics, do you? 
I'm serious. But they do it to attain a corruptible crown. But we, an incorruptible. See, so we got some striving to do. We, we our striving is because we're we're obtaining a crown that will never fade away, never be corrupted by moth, rust, or anything, any of those things. That's why we do it. So we're running. Is that right? I therefore so run. Look at that something. He tell you the reason why he running. I therefore so run. Not as uncertainly, so fight I. Not as one that beateth the air. <laughs> I'm just not here sitting up here swinging something. I'm hitting something. I'm hitting. I'm going for something. Is that right? But I, look at here. Here's what I was getting to. Look at this. But I keep under my body and bring it into what? Subjection. Lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. That'd be like me trying to sit up and tell you, now you people, you stay away from sweets because you know what they're going to do for you. And every week I gain an inch on my waist. And I'm still preaching. Hey, 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 don't get your eyes on me. Get your eyes on the word. What I'm saying is right. Yes, sir, it is. But, and you're sitting there casting me away. Not only me, the word don't even have any power when you're hearing it preached from something like that. Because there's a spirit inside. Who in the world is he telling me? How in the world he going to tell me about something on health and look at him? Now where he gonna tell me not to smoke a cigar and every time I turn around he got one of them swisher sweets in his mouth. He he telling me do as I say, not as I do. What a hypocrite. That's that's cast away. We do have a certain level of responsibility in how we should carry ourselves. You won't I'm telling you, with me, I don't look for nothing in anybody because you don't have to look too hard to find anything. I promise you that. Hmm? I always try to look for the stuff that edify. But if I see something in you, you won't see me giving place to it. Mm -mm. I won't subject myself to it. Mm -mm. If I'm not going to subject my own self to it and I'm going to be hard on myself, then why should I be subject to you? I'm not doing it for conscience sake. You mess around with somebody weak, you're going to mess around and fall into it because you think you're so strong. Think too highly of yourself. Better not think too highly of yourself lest you fall. And that's just the truth. We've heard some good teaching here tonight. So basically, the bottom line is, if you want to press on and you want to grow in love, joy, peace, long-suffering, happiness, goodness, mentalness, um, faith, temperance, um, well-being, health, all that good stuff, you want to forget the things that's behind. That's what's holding you, snaring you down. That devil's a lie. He reminds you of your past, remind him of, the, remind him of his future. And tell them you're going to be there to watch them get cast into it, too. I do that a lot. We're redeemed. You remember that song? I've been redeemed. 
by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Filled with the Holy Ghost I am. All my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. If you want to see that devil run. If you want to see that devil run. If you want to see that devil run. Shoot him now with a gospel gun. Because all my sins are washed away. I've been redeemed. I bet y'all think we got a hundred songs on. We got a hundred thousand songs on. Hey, think about it though. Well, what's the best thing to make a merry heart, boy, but, but, but sweet sounding melodies unto the Lord? You better start developing Arthur Rogers songs. <laughs> you hang around here long enough, you're going to have a whole bunch of them. Then you get like we do. When you get so mean, just start making up songs, making up words. And... But we've been redeemed, brothers and sisters. Not because we was worthy to be redeemed. I'll be the first to tell you, I, I wasn't worthy to be redeemed. But I'm so glad I am. And ain't no way I'm going to take being redeemed back. I mean, I really don't like the thought of that there's going to be a lot of people going to hell, but I sure am glad it ain't me. And if I don't love you because of that, and so be it. I don't know what love is then. But I ain't going to hell for nobody. I'm going to love Jesus. Does that make sense? I'm sorry, for, but you got to be selfish like that. I keep telling you, Jesus is that pearl of great price. What did you sell to get it? Uh-oh. Come on, what did you sell? Did you sell all? You sell all your old man? Get that pearl? Did you lay it all down? Uh-oh. Just to, so you can attain that one prize? Hey, the rich man said, man, I got some barns I got to build. One of them said, man, I got a wife I got to marry. Man, I just bought some ground, brother. Got some oxen yokes ass. I got to go prove them. Got no time for all that. And while they're busy doing all that, guess who came? And he ain't got no time for them. It's one thing about the virgins. There are five wise and five foolish. The key part about the virgin, they were all virgins. You know what that means? That means they were all clean. And we all been clean. We've all been washed. Every time you repent, you receive another washing. Every time Jesus' blood is applied, you get another washing. Get a whole brand new washing. Huh? Every time you get a spot on that garment, repent, get some washing. Better than tired. The only thing I know, wash red, make it white. Hmm? Magnificent blood, boy. Just wash red, come out white. White as snow. Whiter than snow. Whiter than snow.
You know what? If I keep going, we'll be here all night singing melodies. But Jesus, not because we were worthy, brothers and sisters, but because he, had, he looked down like he did with Noah, and we found grace in his sight. In other words, Jesus looked at him and said, he said, you see that, that granny gas in back here, that Shelly? I'm going to have grace on that one. You see that dad die, he's something. <laughs> he's going to need a whole bunch of it. Get grace, got grace from that Ma Joe, that old country woman. And look at that, that Catholic boy, he sure needs some, he needs some serious grace. Whew, look at Ashley. Jesus looked down and said, uh, I'm going to have to give her some grace. Your grace and mercy has brought me through. I'm living this moment because of you. And I want to thank you and praise you too. Your grace and mercy has brought me through. And it's still bringing us through. That's just beautiful. I can't hardly even. I'll be driving down the road and start singing songs like they can't help it. I had to, I had to pull over to the car to give me a towel and start wiping the seat and everything. Start singing them sweet songs of Jesus and start thinking about them. And I go, Lord, have mercy. See, the reason why we serve him is because of love, not because we're trying to get out of going to hell. We ain't going to hell. We serve him because we love him. It's better to love Jesus than to love the devil. That's right. That's why we serve him, because we, we love him. Is that right? I love you, Lord, and I live my voice to worship you, oh, my soul, my soul rejoice. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. 
Isn't that beautiful? You know, he loves hearing stuff like that. I can see, I can see him right now. Ha, ha, hush, Gabriel. Stop, Michael. Ho, 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 ho. Ah, look at that. Ah. Can you see the king doing that? I do know that when we're praying, he does like this. Boy, don't it smell good up here today. Don't it smell so beautiful today? <laughs> don't, don't they do it? It's just beautiful, isn't it? Huh? Like I see, every time we pray, the king says, comes up as sweet incense. Sweet incense. <laughs> no, I'll be here all night long, see. <laughs> Amen. We bless you, Father. We bless your holy name, Jesus. Thank you for your word of truth. Sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. We bless you for it. May these sands sink down into our heart that we bring forth much fruit in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Bless y'all. Be encouraged. Be encouraged, the king is coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm.